episodes drop the last Monday. It's a man, it's a man, forgot that. It's a man, it's a man, forgot that. It's a man, it's a man, forgot that. Welcome to the Matt Forgot That Podcast, the place to recollect and reminisce. I'm your host, Matt Sarosky, filmmaker, film fan. Each episode, I'm going to rewatch and review a movie or TV pilot that I've seen before, but don't quite remember. It could be a blockbuster, critic's choice, or cult classic. Everyone can join in on the fun. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've reviewed or suggestions for the podcast, use the hashtag MattForgotThat on social. Before we start, I'm excited for this week's movie. I like romantic comedies. I mean, most of them are pure fiction. But I think it's healthy to have a belief that these kinds of amorous gestures exist. Some of my favorites are Sleepless in Seattle, While You Were Sleeping, Crazy Stupid Love. I did a scene in acting class from When Harry Met Sally, which probably tops my list. There are a couple of fringe rom-coms like The Princess Bride and Groundhog Day, but I don't necessarily consider them in the strictest definition of the term. Let's find out if this week's movie is going to pop into my top 10 of the genre. What are some of your faves? Reach out to me on social media using the hashtag Matt forgot that. Each review will end with a ranking out of five stars. One star is skip it. Two stars watch at your own risk. Three stars standard fare. Four stars worth checking out. And five stars must see. Now, if I give a title five stars, it doesn't mean I'm comparing it to Casablanca or Jaws or Seinfeld. I rank titles based on other movies or TV series in that genre and at that time period. So let's jump into it. These are my ruminations and observations of the movie Pretty Woman from 1990. It was directed by the late Gary Marshall, who helmed Beaches, Overboard, The Princess Diaries, and was nominated for five Primetime Emmy Awards for The Odd Couple and Mork and Mindy. He's the older brother of director and actor Penny Marshall. The screenplay was written by J.F. Lawton, who scribed Under Siege, Blank Man, and Chain Reaction. The cinematography was captured by Charles Minsky, whose filmography includes Kazam, Valentine's Day, and New Year's Eve. It was edited by Raja Gosnell, who worked on Home Alone, Rookie of the Year, and Mrs. Doubtfire, and Priscilla Ned Friendly of Doc Hollywood, Down to Earth, and The Proposal. The score was composed by James Newton Howard, who wrote the music for The Fugitive, My Best Friend's Wedding, The Sixth Sense, and The Dark Knight Trilogy. This is what I remember. When I went to the movies, after the 20 minutes of trailers, they would show a promo for the theater and use a montage of clips from films. It was odd because they're selling the experience of being at the movies to the people who are actually at the movies. But I mention this because they would use that famous scene from Pretty Woman, where Richard Gere presents Julia Roberts with a jewelry box, and as she reaches her hand in, he closes it, and she does that open-mouth, full-throated Roberts laugh. (laughs) Wasn't there also a scene where she was in a jacuzzi tub, and it looked like someone dropped in a 16-ounce container of Mr. Bubble? It was like the studio said, we can't show an ounce of nudity in this movie, so make it look like an out-of-control car wash. 
The other trick they do is to make the bathwater look milky, but that always makes me think, how dirty was this person? Now, I'm heading off to watch the movie. This is what I forgot. There is a gathering hosted by attorney Philip Stuckey at his house in Beverly Hills. It's rumored that Edward Lewis will be taking over Morse Industries, a shipbuilding company in financial peril. He's a corporate raider from New York who buys companies, breaks them into pieces, and sells off the pieces worth more than the whole. And Morse Industries could garner $1 billion. Edward Lewis is portrayed by Richard Gere, who starred in Chicago, An Officer and a Gentleman, and Primal Fear. Philip Stuckey is performed by Jason Alexander of Jacob's Ladder and Seinfeld fame. While this deal should be a cause for celebration, Edward is feeling down because his girlfriend Jessica has just left him. She felt unappreciated and had more of a relationship with his secretary. Edward sneaks out of the house and borrows his lawyer's car, a Lotus Esprit, because his limo is buried within the endless vehicles in the driveway. Philip warns him not to be out too late, as he's probably going to get lost after dark. Edward finds himself in the seedy part of Los Angeles, which, in the late 80s, early 90s, was pretty much Los Angeles. We meet Vivian Ward, who sneaks out of her apartment to avoid her landlord, who's collecting rent for the month. She goes to the Blue Banana Club to look for Kit DeLuca, who says she's spent their rent money on drugs. The roommate's Vivian Ward is played by Julia Roberts, known for Notting Hill, My Best Friend's Wedding, and Stepmom. And Kit DeLuca is acted by Laura San Giacomo, from Under Suspicion, Quigley Down Under, and Just Shoot Me. When Edward pulls over the Lotus Esprit on Hollywood Boulevard, Vivian takes notice of the expensive car. Egged on by Kit, she approaches the vehicle and offers him a date, but he's only interested in directions back to Beverly Hills. She says she'll give them for $5, but when he complains, she raises it to $10. When he asks if she has change for a 20, she hops in the car and wants to show him personally for that kind of money. On the car ride, they start to get to know each other. He allows her to drive the Lotus Esprit because he doesn't have experience with manual transmissions. When she brings him to the Regent Beverly Wilshire, where he's staying, they begin to part ways when he invites her up to the penthouse, where they do end up getting together. Polite euphemism. The next morning, a dinner is set up between Edward and James Morse, owner of the company, along with his grandson David, who is primed to take over the reins. Philip doesn't like the idea of Edward going alone, as the meeting could get tense. He suggests bringing a date to keep things lighthearted and social. Philip says he knows a lot of nice girls, but Edward responds, he already has one. Edward is going to be in town until Sunday, and he asks Vivian if she wants to spend the week with him. They negotiate the price of $3,000. While things are looking up for the pair, the Morse Industries takeover might fall through, as they are in line for a $350 million contract to build destroyer ships for the Navy. Pretty Woman was a charming movie. Richard Gere and Julia Roberts are very likable in these roles, and they clearly have good chemistry, at least enough to team up nine years later in Runaway Bride, also directed by Gary Marshall. It's an opposites attract storyline. Edward is a workaholic consumed by his business dealings. He doesn't have time for interpersonal relationships. He's serious and barely cracks a smile. Whereas Vivian is playful, 
She comes across as naive, especially around upper-class social situations, but she knows her value, she doesn't like being looked down upon because of her profession, and gets on edge if she feels slighted. They find commonality over business, they both like being in charge of the terms of their deals. I think these were great casting choices, and I couldn't picture anyone else in the parts. There's a scene where Edward winds down by playing the piano, and Richard Gere actually composed and performed the piano piece. Usually in romantic comedies, the B storyline can feel like an afterthought, but Edward's obsession with work plays into his lack of emotional connection with Vivian, at least initially. The movie slows down a little when they visit the opera. This also happened in the musical Annie when they went to the movies. There is nothing more boring than watching people watching a performance on screen. Otherwise, this is a very easy and enjoyable watch. Random thoughts? Edward mentions missing keys when he has trouble with the sliding card to unlock the penthouse suite. Was this around the time that it became commonplace? I don't remember sliding cards in the late 80s, early 90s. Alphonse! Alphonse! Look that up for me. Vivian asks Edward if he wants to veg out in front of the TV. When he questions the term, she responds, veg out, be still like vegetables, lay like broccoli. Is that really what it means? It's just one of those expressions you use without really knowing the origin. The soundtrack featured songs by Roxette, David Bowie, Robert Palmer, and Natalie Cole. It's probably one of my favorite soundtracks for a movie in a long time. The highlights were obviously Pretty Woman by Roy Orbison, which was the title inspiration for the movie. It is a little upsetting that they bought the rights to the song Kiss by Prince and had Julia Roberts sing it like a feral cat but I have a bonus Matt forgot that track. The opening credit sequence was over the song King of Wishful Thinking by Go West. Now that's a bop. The runtime is 1 hour 59 minutes. It had a budget of $14 million and grossed $463 million at the box office. It was nominated for one Oscar at the 1991 Academy Awards for Best Actress in a Leading Role. I give it a solid 4 out of 5 stars. I'm not sure it'll go into rotation, but I'm glad I saw it. If you've seen Pretty Woman and have opinions on the movie, let me know what you think using the hashtag MattForgotThat. I'm going to end each podcast with clips that you might have forgotten. It could be movie trailers, music videos, commercials, or something completely random. Search for my YouTube page and there will be a playlist called Matt Forgot That Playback. Today I'm talking about... The Ropers. This was a short-lived spin-off from Three's Company, featuring Stanley and Helen Roper, played by Norman Fell and Audra Lindley. The producers proposed this series based on the British sitcom George and Mildred. Norman Fell was initially hesitant, so there was an agreement made that if the series got cancelled in the first season, they'll bring the Ropers back to Three's Company. The spin-off proved popular and was picked up for a second season. But when it moved to Saturday nights, the ratings tanked and it was cancelled. Since the show made it past the first season threshold, the producers weren't obligated to bring them back to Three's company. In their place, Don Knotts was brought in as Mr. Furley, the apartment manager. The most memorable part of the series was the opening title sequence. The music would be the physical manifestation of an overweight panda bear walking down the street in a propeller hat. That's the only way I can describe it. And it looks like it was shot at a portrait studio at the Sherman Oaks Galleria. They had like an old box of props and told the actors, 
uh, do something with these. It's really quite a sight to behold. Surprisingly, the theme was written by Joe Raposo, who wrote the music for The Great Muppet Caper and the songs Being Green, Sing, and C is for Cookie. Sorry, Joe, but this is A for Awful. These clips are available in the Matt Forgot That playback playlist on YouTube. Check it out. That's all for this edition of Matt Forgot That. Thanks for listening to me reminisce. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Matt Sarosky. You can subscribe to my YouTube page where I'll post videos and clips from the show. If you have any opinions on what I've discussed or suggestions for the podcast, use the hashtag MattForgotThat on social. Head over to MattSarosky.com for the latest news and updates, and come back next time for the rewatch and review. When she brings him to the Regent Beverly Hillshire Lotel, Lotel? She goes to the blue bla- she goes blue blah 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 blah? If you enjoyed Matt Forgot That, check out Matt Watch That for more reviews, rants, and randomness.